This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Sound the gifting panic alarm. We've all been there. You need to find the perfect gift. You have absolutely zero ideas and you don't know where to start. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. Just answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like, and Gift Mode gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Imagine pages of artisan espresso mugs for the coffee connoisseur in your life. Or for the pickleballer, customized paddle covers in every shade imaginable. Etsy's got you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Reigniting the economy. It may well be that the Fed has to do more. It may be that Congress has to do more. Rediscovering the beach. The boardwalk's been very crowded. The beach, you can spread out a little more. Regenerating bad blood. He was an incompetent president. Good morning. I'm Steve Kathan in northern New Jersey with the CBS World News Roundup. There's a mix of hope and fear as more and more businesses reopen during the coronavirus pandemic. And one of the nation's leading voices on the economy, the chairman of the Federal Reserve, has a forecast that's optimistic yet sobering. Here's CBS's Steve Futterman. In the 60 Minutes interview, Jerome Powell offered hope but also urged patience. Powell said he is generally optimistic about the U.S. economy. In the long run... The U.S. economy will recover. But how long will it take? There, Powell warned it will not be quick. For the economy to fully recover, people will have to be fully confident, and that that may have to await the arrival of a vaccine. Powell said full recovery could take until the end of next year. He said the Fed and the Congress have the ability to get the country through all this. There's a lot more we can do. We're not out of ammunition. Powell said he does not think the U.S. is headed for a second depression. Detroit's big three automakers are reopening plants today that have been closed for two months by the pandemic. Trying to restart an industry is uncharted territory, especially one that gets parts from thousands of suppliers who have also been shut down. LNC Automotive Analyst Jeff Schuster says there will be hiccups. It's been a historic event already. It's going to be quite a feat to get this up and running. Plants have been retooled with screening of workers, more separation, and lots of personal protective gear. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News, Detroit. Cars were rolling at South Carolina's Darlington Raceway on Fox. For NASCAR's first race in 10 weeks, no fans in the stands as Kevin Harvick won yesterday's event. 
There are some rules and limitations, but beaches in New Jersey have opened up. After like 60-something days indoors, it's nice to soak up the sun back on the beach. Retail stores are coming back to life today in Minnesota. Texas reported its highest one-day total of coronavirus cases over the weekend. The Florida Keys will reopen to tourists June 1st. Overseas, China's foreign ministry says it's premature to launch an investigation into the origins of the coronavirus. The U.S. is among the countries calling for an independent investigation of China and the World Health Organization's handling of the outbreak. CBS's Chris Livesey in Rome has the latest on Europe's reopening. Churches in Italy can reopen to the general public, and so can St. Peter's, where Pope Francis celebrated Mass. Priests must wear masks and gloves to give communion. Not only churches, but also hairdressers, museums, and shops can reopen. In nearby Germany, the Bundesliga this weekend became Europe's first top-tier soccer league to retake the field, albeit without fans in the seats. Greece reopened the famed Acropolis to the public, while Spain had its lowest daily death toll since mid-March. In virtual graduation speeches over the weekend, former President Obama criticized the government's coronavirus response. This pandemic has fully, finally torn back the curtain on the idea that so many of the folks in charge know what they're doing. President Trump, who's tweeted the word Obamagate over and over for days, fired back. He was an incompetent president. That's all I can say. Grossly incompetent. Many Democrats in Congress say they're concerned by the firing of the State Department's Inspector General, Steve Linick. CBS News White House correspondent Paula Reed says it's the fifth government inspector general to be ousted over the last two months. CBS News has learned the watchdog was looking into whether Secretary Pompeo misused a political appointee at the State Department to perform personal tasks for himself and his wife. A White House official tells CBS News Secretary Pompeo recommended the move and President Trump agreed. The firing prompted Utah Republican Senator Mitt Romney to say the move is a threat to accountable democracy. Tropical Storm Arthur is looming off the coast of North Carolina. Rough seas and minor flooding are forecast. It's expected to move out to sea tonight. The pandemic has exposed disparities between the nation's wealthy and poor communities. CBS's Maria Villarreal tells us how one Texas school is bridging the gap. Cindy Reyes teaches second grade at the Como Leadership Academy in Fort Worth, Texas. What's the hardest part about this? Internet connection, availability. 91% of the school's population is African American or Latino, and 94% of these students are economically disadvantaged. Everybody's priority right now is making sure to keep a roof over their head, feeding their children, and still trying to navigate the world of teaching animal learning. Principal Valencia Rines also pushed to get 150 Chromebooks and 11 internet hotspots to families in need. It brings me great concern and making sure that everybody's okay. We're going to read a book. We have teachers videotaping themselves and posting that to just be able to see my staff and all of us step up. It's been what keeps me going. Everybody say bye. Mireya Villarreal, CBS News, Fort Worth, Texas. A pair of sneakers worn by NBA legend Michael Jordan during the 1985 season and signed by him sold for $560,000 at auction. The first Air Jordans from Nike. Today, we begin a 10-part adventure digging into radio's roots. CBS's Sam Litzinger takes us back 100 years. Celebrating a century of sound. Radio had been around for several years before 1920, but it was mostly used and listened to by tinkerers and tech types. Suddenly, things changed. For one thing, a department store in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, began selling ready-made radios, changing them from a science project to a consumer good. 
And then on August 20th, 1920, a radio operation owned by the Detroit News newspaper that would eventually become News Radio 950 WWJ broadcast the first in a series of concert performances. The radio phone, as the newspaper called it, was becoming relevant. Radio's Big Bang happened November 2nd, 1920, when KDKA in Pittsburgh broadcast the results of the Harding-Cox presidential election, an event recreated later. We'd appreciate it if anyone hearing this broadcast would communicate with us, as we are very anxious to know how far the broadcast is reaching. A new popular medium, radio, was being created right before Americans' ears. For CBS News and the National Press Club, I'm Sam Litzinger. During the pandemic, calls to the government's mental health hotline are up nearly 900%. The use of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication is up, too. CBS's Mara Rubin spoke with an expert. Some of us are dealing with the wave of emotions better than others. Grief and gratitude can coexist. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. CBS News mental health contributor Dr. Sue Varma says you might need to talk to a professional if your sleep and daily life become affected. Do your daily tasks feel insurmountable? And are the things that were once fun to you no longer pleasurable? Dr. Varma also suggests trying the four M's of mental health, movement, get out for a walk, meaningful engagement, connecting with people, mastery, do something creative, and mindfulness, deep breathing. Mary Rubin, CBS News. And that's the World News Roundup for Monday. I'm Steve Kathan, CBS News. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Pre-order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital editions wherever you get your books. Nancy's love story could have been ripped right out of the pages of one of her own novels. She was a romance mystery writer who happens to be married to a chef. But this story didn't end with a happily ever after. When I stepped into the kitchen, I could see that Chef Brophy was on the ground and I heard somebody say, call 911. As writers, we'd written our share of murder mysteries. So when suspicion turned to Dan's wife, Nancy, we weren't that surprised. The first person they look at would be the spouse. We understand that's usually the way they do it. But we began to wonder... Had Nancy gotten so wrapped up in her own novels... There are murders in all of the books. ...that she was playing them out in real life? You can listen to Happily Never After, Dan and Nancy, early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself 
that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Van Sant from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts.